Welcome to Show Me Something Wrong, where each episode one of us chooses a movie to watch that the other hasn't seen. The movie is often obscure, usually odd, and always wrong. I'm Dave. And I'm Guy. And today I've chosen the movie and it's Suburb Murder from Hong Kong from 1992, directed by, and I'm going to butcher the name, do it, Kin Ping Chang. Oh, look what you've done, Dave, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> get into it i feel like there's a lot to get through oh, in this i love episode. a good cat three yeah. dave i love a good cat three actually i was gonna say this up the top so mm. this is our second cat three right so, uh yeah so, so cat three third hong kong third hong kong film second cat three cat three is a rating to hear us talk about what a cat three is go back and listen to our episode don't stop <laughs> my crazy love for you can't remember what number episode, but go back and listen um, to that one. We're not going to do the AKAs this time. There's too many yeah. together. We're not going to that. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to know what a Cat 3 is, maybe go back and, and listen to that. So yeah, th- this film is Suburb Murder, mm-hmm. is very fucking shockingly obscure. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, I think I found it on DVD the first time I went to Hong Kong. Had no idea what it was, but had, had you ever heard of it? No, before? never. Yeah, like, and looking at it on, like, IMDb and Letterboxd, it's been logged by so few people, mm. which really surprises me, because it's a fucked up film. It's mad. It's bonkers. <laughs> yes. It's absolutely off the chains. It is, you know, pretty high up on the kind of crazy scale when mm. it comes to Cat 3 movies. I mean, you get you have, like, the, the, the usual Cat 3s that often get brought up in conversation, often the Anthony Wongs or the Simon Yao starring films. This one just mm. never comes into the into the conversation. I never even heard of it. Yeah, totally. It has completely slipped into obscurity, and mm. I I guess part of it is like it's a cheap, ugly looking film. It is a gross looking film. So mm. I feel like a lot of the Herman Yao films, the Billy Tang films, they look really good, mm. and there's a kind of skill mm. <laughs> behind the direction whereas this one just feels very grimy and gross <laughs> with not many yeah. redeeming features so sorry so you said this was 92 92 just yeah. for perspective when was the untold story released do you know uh, not off the top of my head but i isn't it like early 90s it's probably a similar kind of year right mm. I, i'd be curious because i feel like this took a lot from the untold story in terms of how the story is is told. Yeah, yeah. And I, I want to get into that as well because that it does follow a lot of tropes of mm. the Cat 3 genre. Untold story is 93. So, so this, this is before. before. They, oh, oh, oh my that's goodness. Quite, that's quite interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wow. yeah, you're right. It does have a, a similar structure, which we'll get into. I wanted to... I went it's back and forth. completely thrown me off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went back and forth a lot in preparing for this because there are things about this film and where the story for this film comes from that I was like, should I save it for the end? Mm-hmm. Should I do it at the start? And I've decided to do it at the start yeah. because I, I think it will set the tone for how fucked this film is. Okay. I'm going to say this is one of the most exploitative films ever made. And it's because of what it is based on. Oh, okay. This is going to be quite a long intro, so I apologize in advance, but feel free to stop me at any point. (laughs) So let's go back 
to Hong Kong mm-hmm. in 1985. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I had to watch a lot of YouTube crime investigation videos in preparation wow. for this episode, by okay. the way. I'm excited. So some of the language might sound a bit trashy 90s TV. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Hong Kong, 1985. 12 years before China is about to resume its sovereignty. And, you know, it's a place that's full of doubts. I think you feel that a lot in the films mm-hmm. from this time, right? From the 80s and the early 90s. And around this time in the mid-80s, crime was starting to increase a little bit, but nothing too serious. Hong mm-hmm. Kong's known as a fairly safe place mm. overall. But then, on April 20th, 1985, there was a murder, mm-hmm. or two murders, I should say, that was unlike anything that had ever happened mm-hmm. in Hong Kong. And it completely rocked the whole of Hong Kong and the whole community and wow. sent everyone into a frenzy. And maybe you might have heard of this case because it's really famous. It's called the uh, Bremer Hill Murders. Have you ever heard of that before? No, that doesn't ring any bells. All right. So it's a fucked story. So just <laughs> right. just get ready. Okay. okay so... I guess, like, the image of Hong Kong that we have is, Mm. like, a big kind of urban city, right? Mm. But there are also, you know, a whole lot of hilly kind of areas. And apparently 40% of Hong Kong is actually uninhabited hill kind of areas. Wow, as much as 40%? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of nuts. That was at least according to the crime scene documentary. (laughs) I I think it was called Crime Scene Investigators at Mm -hmm. that time that that was made, which was maybe like 10 years ago. Right. Yeah, 40%. So Bremer Hill was one of these places, Mm -hmm. this kind of hilly sort of area, but it was really easily accessible from the city. So it was a place where people would go and relax and walk around a little bit. Mm -hmm. So... That's where these murders took place. Oh, it's a, it's a fuck story. This is grim. This is gonna, it's such a grim intro. <laughs> I feel like any... Just to... Sorry to interrupt you halfway, yeah, yeah. but any film based on a, a murder in Hong Kong is bound to be completely fucked. Oh, yeah. There's so many of these cases. Oh, yeah, yeah. As with the untold story. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the Hello Kitty murders, all this stuff. Mm. Uh, you know, and I feel like any film that was based off a murder... That, yeah. The actual murder case itself is going to be beyond fucked up. So oh, yeah. uh, I'm, I think I, I've braced myself. I'm ready to hear something really mm. messed up now. <laughs> so anyway, on, on April 20th, a couple, mm-hmm. uh, Nicola Myers, who was 18, and Kenneth McBride, who was 17. So they were expat right. students in Hong Kong. And they had to Bremer Hill to do some studying. Mm-hmm. So just hanging out in the sort of hillside area. And then that night, they didn't come home. They were reported missing by their parents. There was a search for them. They couldn't find them. But they did find some of Kenneth's school books scattered around the bushes of Bremer Hill. So it seemed like something Mm. bad had happened, right? So then the next day, on the 21st... And also, a lot of the details I'll tell you, keep them in mind for when we talk about the movie. Mm -hmm. Because it's quite... Yeah. I'm already, like, (laughs) placing the scenes in my head. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So the next day, Sunday 21st, uh, a bank manager mm-hmm. is jogging around in the park and comes across two heavily beaten bodies, like mm-hmm. really heavily wounded bodies. So one of them was Kenneth, mm-hmm. the guy uh, who was lying there dead with his hands and feet bound mm-hmm. and his shoes were missing, his mm-hmm. Nike shoes. And Nicola, the woman, was uh, partly naked and her body was you know, had signs that she'd been sexually assaulted 
and she had around 500 wounds. Oh my god. Isn't that fucked? And and so, yeah, it's unbelievable. The main detective was a really experienced homicide detective. And yeah, in this documentary I watched, he said he'd never seen anything like it. Never Mm. seen a body with that many injuries before. Yeah, all the cops on the scene were describing it just as horrific, totally out of character for from Hong Kong, and just a total waste and no explanation as to what had happened. It was just absolutely shocking. Mm. So the bodies on Bremer Hill were flown off the hillside by, by a helicopter because it was quite a remote sort of area. Mm-hmm. An investigation was opened and 400 cops combed the area of Bremer Hill. As they searched it, they kept coming across like torn up school books and textbooks mm-hmm. that had belonged uh, to the, the couple there. Already at this point, there was like a lot of controversy that mm. started brewing. I think that's what makes this case so fascinating as well. This case got a lot of media attention at the time, and it's pretty clear why it did, mm-hmm. right? So the victims were expats, mm. and this kind of aspect sort of added this, you know, kind of racial and political tension to the mm. story. And the Chinese media started to talk about this story and point out that maybe the police were only interested in this case because it was foreigners, because they were British and because they were Mm. white. Yeah, pretty complex, but, you know, that's a debatable kind of point. Yeah. But it's definitely true that the media paid more attention because of who the victims were. Mm. And, you know, this was a pretty privileged couple as well. So both of them lived the expat lifestyle, kind of not rich, but they lived in comfort. And, you know, Kenneth was like the captain of the rowing team. Mm. Nicola was this beautiful, s- smart woman with an interest. You wanted to be an interpreter. So they were, you know, you know, like, mm. yeah, <laughs> privileged oh, for privileged. sure. But the police kind of pushed this idea away and, and tried to say it's nothing to do with their race that we're putting this many people in. It's just because this area is so impossible to, to navigate. Mm. Um, and we require this many people if it was you know, Hong Kong kids in this situation, we'd have the same sort of investigation. But I think that aspect of the story, the expat thing is what created the interest in this story. Mm. And I don't know if you've, have you ever seen Cat 3s that kind of reference this sort of, this crime? Because I feel like I've seen, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I have seen a lot that do, you can tell they're inspired by it. I can't think of any. I think we mentioned before, like, we blitzed a load of Cat 3s yeah, like 10 years ago <laughs> and they all kind of merged and I, I went for many years without watching any Cat 3s so they may have popped up in the mm. past but not not off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, I don't think either of us are as well read enough to really comment on mm. the complex like political and racial stuff of this but regardless, it was a tragedy mm. and an awful thing that happened no matter who the victims were. So back to the investigation... The police kept, uh, you know, looking for information. They ended up finding pieces of wood that they pieced together and they realized that that was the murder weapon. Huh. And it had fingerprints on it. So maybe maybe all these things are probably clicking in with the They they, they found pieces of wood within a forest and put them together. (laughs) Basically shattered pieces of wood that created one sort of club-like thing. And they, yeah, they found some fingerprints on that. One's the need of 400 people. Can you imagine looking for a piece of wood in a forest? (laughs) It's insane, yeah. And they also found some prints on the the school books as well that they Mm. collected. But they ran the prints, couldn't get any matches. Uh, They also found semen and blood uh, on Nicola's body. 
but this is 1985, so DNA testing, it was there, but it's like a pretty new kind of thing, right? Mm. And there were just no witnesses at all, because it's in this remote mm. kind of place, right? But as they, as they were like, you know, looking at what had happened in the crime scene and found the, the murder weapon, they started to put together the story. Right. And they, they realized that Kenneth must have put up like quite a struggle just mm-hmm. based on his injuries. And they realized there had to have been more than one attacker. Mm. It was most likely a gang mm. of people. So they started trying the impossible task of trying to find these guys, right? Yeah. And they started interviewing people kind of outside the Bremer Hill area, sort of circling out. And they interviewed 18,000 people, <laughs> which was every family in the area around this crime scene. Oh God, <laughs> that's insane. I know, it's nuts. But this created another problem because this is Hong Kong. They're not used to these kind of crimes, right? Mm. So they had all this information, but it was kind of useless. They didn't know how to, to process it because mm. they didn't have the, the resources to, mm. to do anything with it. So the, they took all of this information over to London because London had started using this new data system mm. to like sort out information. And it had actually been used to solve the Yorkshire Ripper case. You know, to <laughs> right. Peter, Peter yeah. Sutcliffe. Sutcliffe, is that his name? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. I know the Yorkshire Ripper. Yeah. You know <laughs> <laughs> so they, they used the same kind of technology that had been used to, wow. to help capture him. Good old England. Yeah, thanks England. So using this data system, they narrowed the 18,000 people down to 180 possible Fucking suspects. Oh, that's right? pretty good. Yeah, so I think it was done through basically like blood types and stuff mm. like that that they managed to to narrow it down. But then they were kind of just stuck with that. So they narrowed it down, but they still had no more evidence. They just had 180 potential people. Well, still <laughs> better than 18,000. It, it is, it isn't is it? better, but, but they were kind of stuck at this point mm. and they didn't know what to do next. And then just something totally random and kind of amazing happened that completely changed the the case. So at this point, there was a reward offered for information mm-hmm. uh, to that would lead to a, an arrest. and But the reward money was only 50,000 Hong Kong dollars, which is a, apparently about 6,000 US dollars. Mm. I don't know yeah, about, about at that yeah, time. About, yeah, five yeah. grand or so, yeah. So not, not a huge amount of money, right? But then an anonymous Chinese businessman, we still don't know who he is to huh. this day, I don't think, um, he raised the reward amount to 500,000 Hong Kong dollars. Oh, hey. Yeah, this change in the reward money basically unlocks the case. Wow. Uh, this led to the tip that solved the case, basically. So they, they got a tip from a triad protector right. who got in touch with the detectives. And they actually knew who he, who he was as well. Mm-hmm. He was known to the police. And he claimed that one of his followers mm. had confessed that he'd killed the couple. So they, they had a guy's name and the, his name was Peng. I'm going to butcher a lot of names. Oh, sorry. Not a so the, guy, the guy's name was Peng Shun Yi. <laughs> All right. Who was 24 years old. Not someone particularly known mm-hmm. to the police. Like he wasn't like a big time criminal, but he had some mm. minor kind of triad connections. Right. So they located him and he confessed and he gave the names of four other accomplices. Wow. So he had Oh god. Tam, oh god, here we Tam, go, Dave. Tam Ji Foon, who was 20, 
uh, Chiu Wai Man, who is 25, and here's where it gets really fucked up. Uh, Chiung Yao Hang, who is only 17. Oh, God. So, so was he, is he technically a minor, a minor by Hong yep. Kong standards by that mm-hmm. time? Mm-hmm. And then even worse, one Sam Lung, who is only 16. Oh, my so God. So those last two guys were actually younger than the couple that they had murdered. Mm. So it was like teenagers killing teenagers, mm. basically. So all of these five guys, they were all arrested. In the process, they found the Nike shoes, Kenneth's shoes. Mm. Finally, after six months, they had five people in custody. So these five guys were interviewed over months. And yeah, it turned out that they were not, you know, they weren't hardened killers Mm. at all. They were just these guys that had, you know, maybe committed a few minor sort of crimes, but they were all like really remorseful for this this act. Mm. And it was like a, you know, it was not something that was planned. It wasn't Mm. a really a planned attack. So then they piece together exactly what happened and this is where it gets really fucked oh, even more so yeah well I, I'll, i'm gonna give you the details of the crime oh, <laughs> so all right, there you go. yeah and again keep in mind these details for when we talk about the film mm. <laughs> so on the day that it happened the gang they were all like hanging out by the road opening car doors mm-hmm. for money like getting tips mm. by opening car doors and pang the first guy they arrested was kind of the leader of the group was like, all right, how about we go up into the hills and we'll steal copper from the government aerial station. So just like steal some copper to sell. And so they, they went up to Bremer Hill and then they were like, oh, how about we find someone to rob? Let's make some more extra cash. So they were walking around trying to find someone and they came across uh, Nicola and Kenneth who were studying and they looked at them and they're like, they're expats, they're Europeans, they're definitely going to have money. Mm. But... They did not have money. They only had literally a dollar on them at that time. Was that a Hong Kong dollar? I guess a Hong Kong dollar, <laughs> which is that's like nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this really pissed the gang off and kind of triggered the attack, basically. Huh. But in all of this, Pang was the instigator of this attack mm-hmm. and, and kind of the ringleader kind of directing everybody what to do. So he had found this broken wooden handle, which mm-hmm. was the pieces of wood they mm-hmm. found. Uh, along the way and yeah that is what became the murder weapon i think they were using it to threaten it first and then it actually became the murder weapon okay and yeah he was threatening all the other guys to take part in the attack basically like you're part of this like Mm. you're forced to be my accomplices so yeah kenneth was bound up horribly like savagely beaten chan one of the guys pulled off his shoes that he he kept so Mm. that was later used as evidence and Pang started raping Nicola, and it gets a lot worse now, so I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, Nicola's, uh, she was penetrated by by the stick and a bottle as well, and apparently the attack on her went for hours. So this was not just a quick, Uh. this is horrible torture kind of stuff. Awful. This is awful, but just to really show how absolutely vicious this attack was by the time that she was dead her jaw was broken her left eyeball was Mm. out of the socket and apparently according to the police she had a this expression of just extreme suffering on her face so it was a really horrendous horrendous Mm. crime after this attack was going on for ages pang decided we have to murder them 
uh, to av- avoid getting into trouble for this, basically, mm-hmm. to prevent them from identifying them. So that's why they were they were murdered, basically, and they yeah left the park, scattered all the textbooks and and the evidence, and yeah, that was the crime. Fuck. And like, what what is this so fucked is that. Yeah, like I said, they were not hardened criminals. They hadn't mm. done anything like this. Hang mm. was like a low-level triad guy, but nothing like this. Mm. And it's just seemed to come out of nowhere. Just a horrendous, That's insane. I know it's it's so shocking. Like just a un- so you can kind of understand like not only the fact that it was expats, not only that it was mm. Hong Kong, which mm. was a, a safe place, but. It was a really horrific crime as well. You said that they were already remorseful during the questioning. Yeah, yeah. I, and I guess Yet that... it went on for hours. Yeah, That's yeah, fucked. yeah. I don't know the details of... Were they all remorseful? Like, mm. was Pang remorseful? It sounds like he was kind of the bully that kind of bullied them into this. Mm. But I don't, I don't know the details of that. But just to go into a few more details after that. So the trial, they... Despite the fact that they'd all confessed... Um, they actually all pleaded not guilty right. on trial, despite the confession. I, I was a bit confused by that. But while this was all happening in, mm. in custody, the youngest one, Wan, who was only 16, he was like, okay, yes, I'm going to admit my guilt and I'll give evidence against the others, mm. sort of you know, becoming like a witness mm. um, for them. He was detained in an indefinite prison sentence right and at the time it was at her majesty's pleasure because this is like uk hong kong right and this is the 16 year old yeah so he's basically indefinitely Mm. detained Mm. like under her majesty's (laughs) pleasure it's a very strange phrase and yeah i'll come back to that in a bit as well so yeah ultimately the jury found them guilty Mm. uh the death penalty was given to Pang, Tam, and Chu, wow. but this was later changed to life imprisonment. Right. Um, and yeah, Pang and Chu are still in prison. Wow. And uh, Tam died of cancer in 2009. So two of them are still in prison. One died of cancer. The other two, the, the minors, mm. Chiung and Wan, so they were underage at the time. And again, they were detained at Her Majesty's <laughs> pleasure. Which just means basically, it sounds like it's like kind of no real mm. like end in sight, basically. Right. So you're here until we say so. Exactly. Kind of yeah, fuck. yeah. So after the transfer of power in '97, the law basically required it to be this to be reassessed. Mm-hmm. One's parents kind of appealed to the families of the victims, so Kenneth and Nicola's families, and and asked for their forgiveness. Mm. To their credit, like, it's pretty amazing. So, in, in 1998, the, the families announced that they'd forgiven him wow. and appealed for him to have a lesser sentence. Hmm. So, he was finally let out in 2004 wow. after spending all that time in prison. And, yeah, the other guy, Chiung, was eventually released in 2007. So, they're out of prison. The other guys, the other remaining living members are still in prison. Hmm. So... Yeah, that is the tale. That's <laughs> and, fucked. Yeah. And yeah, so like, oh my god, as we were saying, like a lot mm. of Cat Threes and Hong Kong films yeah. in general, that true crime does inspire a lot of these mm. films. 
actually Herman Yao mm. made another film called, have you heard of From the Queen to the Chief Executive? No. So it's a film from 2001. Uh, it's actually a really good film. Uh-huh. It's not a Cat 3 and it's not a trashy film mm. at all. It's not like a typical <laughs> Herman Yao film. Um, but it's really heavily inspired by one's uh, situation of being kind of trapped in prison. Okay. Um, it's a really good film. I really mm. recommend it. It's kind of about the the whole kind of legal system. Uh, and yeah, there's other films that kind of allude to the case in different kind of ways. But the only film that I know of that kind of directly takes this mm. case and retells it in a way is today's film, right. Suburb Murder, which I personally think is maybe the most exploitative film I've ever seen, just in the way that it uses the murders. And it's not even the story itself, but what it does to the story mm-hmm. to make it so much more fucked than it is. Right. Like, and it's so... It's kind of a despicable movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, because, yeah, hearing you talk about that case and having watched the movie just yesterday... Like, I, I'm putting together the pieces yeah. in my head, but I'm also noticing some things that were made totally. for the film. Absolutely. And I think that's what makes it so much worse. Mm. <laughs> it's the dishonesty mm. and the exploitive, exploitativeness of, of how it's told. So, yeah, yeah when, when we're describing the film, keep the real story in mind. Yeah. Because it makes it so much worse. <laughs> um, just before we get into the the film as well, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the director and some of the people involved. So, it's directed by King Kin Ping Cheng. Oh, that's a hard name to say. Uh, he's made two other Cat Three bangers. Uh, bangers. Uh, called one is called Body Lover. Okay. From '93. Have you seen that? No. That film has the funniest ending to any movie I've ever seen. <laughs> right. uh, should I spoil it or not? Uh, no, we got a lot to talk about. All right, okay. <laughs> and the other one he made was Hong Kong Eva, mm-hmm. uh, which actually uses footage from Body Lover. It's really confusing. Huh. He kind of recycles footage. But anyway, so he's the director. That's all he's done, just those three Cat 3s. And they're all grimy and disgusting. Right. Very similar to this film. The lead actor in this is Lam King Kong, which is the best fucking name ever. Oh, he's he's uh, an untold story. Yeah, isn't yeah, he? yeah. He's, is he an untold story yeah. as well? I didn't recognize him from that. I know him from Taxi Hunter and other ah, stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was wrong. He's not in the Untold Story. He's in. He is in that uh, Taxi Hunter. Um, the female lead is uh, Chung Bik Wing. She's from Doctor Lamb. Okay. And have you seen Girl Gang? Oh, Girl another Man. great Cat Three film. Uh-huh. Maybe we'll talk about it on this pod at some point. Yeah. And then Kang's dad. So the, the main oh, yeah, guy's yeah, dad yeah, yeah. is Ku Feng, who's a big Shaw Brothers guy. He's, he's a familiar face, yeah. And then kind of really interestingly, the main cop, who's not in it a whole lot, but he's Lao Siu Kwan, mm-hmm. uh, who also produced the film. And he's right. a Shaw Brothers guy. Uh-huh. So I was like watching this and I'm like, it, this is reminding me of Danny Lee and his role in Untold Story, right? Right, yeah, This kind yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah. older actor producing, playing the hero kind of role. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I wonder if he sort of... Oh, but wait, Untold Story's after this! Oh, that's messed up my theory. <laughs> Maybe Danny Lee watched this and was like, oh, I'm going to try that approach. I can't believe it. That, yeah, that's mad. <laughs> All right, shall we get into the film? Uh, we, we better. We've already yeah. been talking for 30 bloody minutes. That's right. <laughs> we'll try not to go into too much detail. Yeah. Um, Can I just say, like, yeah. after hearing everything you said, I feel quite bad because for the first, like, 
hour of this movie, I was laughing my ass off. I think it's okay to <laughs> like, laugh at this film because it's still ridiculous. It's on such a ridiculous level of yeah. intensity. You know how, like, we've <laughs> oh, talked yeah, about it before, yeah. Cat 3 films is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And everyone talks in this, like, kind of weird elevated yeah, elevated yeah. state of mind where they're just shouting at each other oh, and fighting and threatening to kill no, everyone. Th- this film has fucking hilarious moments yeah. because it is a classic, uh, you know, Hong Kong yeah. Cat 3 movie. <laughs> and the opening shot is absolutely fucking hilarious because we get a title in Chinese. Did you translate what that title said? No. And it says, this story is purely fictitious (laughs) and any similarity is purely coincidental. Bullshit. Classic. Fucking bullshit. Classic. (laughs) All right. Do you want to tell us about the absolutely ridiculous opening scene? Oh my goodness. I loved it because it was just so lighthearted, fun music playing. The music's great. And this young, big-tittied woman running through the fields in her sports bra. Like, purely for visual sake. Yeah. You know, she did has you, nothing to do with anything. Did you recognize her? This is That's a cameo. So that's uh, Lily Lee, who's like a big Cat 3 actress. And then the her granddad is Lung Kai-chi, who's also like this really big like Cat 3 guy and, and loads of other stuff as well. Right. So these are like cameos here. Oh fuck, she's in Run and Kill. Yeah, she, she? yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, right. she's in a lot of great yeah. stuff. And yeah. yeah, so she's running through the fields um, and some old ass dude is kind of running with her, mm. desperately trying to keep up with her, like gasping her, her granddad, for breath. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, she says granddad. I don't know. Is it her granddad? Because <laughs> you looked into it in detail. No, no, because you know, like, <laughs> and it's kind of in the same in Japanese as well, but you know, you call like someone of middle age, like uncle. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in Japanese as well, we call that old men like granddads, you know? Sure, sure, sure. So I was kind of thinking like, she, he's just this old dude and mm. the way it's been subtitled is as granddad mm. which Maybe. happens a lot there's so many mistakes in the subtitles oh, yeah, in this yeah, yeah. Totally. so I was like he's probably just fucking chasing some tail through the fucking forest my my favourite thing in the subtitles is how it just occasionally it just stops <laughs> doing the sub- there's yeah. huge scenes where it just stops subtitling it <laughs> like they yeah. just give up yeah just Free. give up <laughs> No, we're not going to do that part. So yeah, he's uh, he's running through, chasing after this this hot young girl, but suddenly she's lost her earring, and she's like, "Granddad, I've lost my earring. You got to help me find it." They're in the middle of the fucking woods, and there's no way to find an earring. So they're like fumbling around the floor looking for an earring among the grass, and what do they find? A horribly mutilated dead body, eyeless. Uh, or eyeball hanging out mm. and nipple missing yeah. as well, which is quite gross. And yeah, that happy music cuts out. And, and, and Grandad faints. Grandad faints. <laughs> and then we get the title, Summer Murder. And that happy music is replaced by some very spooky music. <laughs> so already it's like so similar to the the real incident right but again this is what i mean by how fucked and gross this film is mm. in reality it was just an old bank manager guy that came across the body right. in this film they're like let's make it a bit more interesting and put a scantily clad lily lee like <laughs> coming across the body which is just so gross i awesome. <laughs> yeah. love it so then we're at the police station lily lee's getting interviewed about the body granddad's in the hospital <laughs> 
That's it. She's still in her sports bra. Yeah, yeah. Like, still yeah, getting questions. She's still in that outfit. Um, and then we meet our hero detective, whose name I don't know. He's mm. they never say his name in it, as far as I could tell. Uh, but that's Lao Lao Sui Quan, mm-hmm. the producer guy. So he comes in and speaks to the British chief, uh, who's like in Kings Park, not mm. Bremer Hill. In Kings Park, there's been two murders. Uh, and they've set up a special unit, and there's going to be a reward of 50,000 Hong Kong dollars, just like in That's the quite real close thing. That's the actual deal, though. Um, and yeah, so he gets the, the case. It's quite confusing, mm-hmm. all this early stuff. Mm. So he's in with his team, just like looking at pictures of that horribly mutilated body. Uh, they're all smoking away, mm-hmm. just commenting on how disturbing it is looking at autopsy reports, all this kind of, you know, fast sort of scenes of them investigating. And then it just gets really confusing. Before it gets really confusing, I was really thrown off by this random white dude. So, like, the main cop comes in and he greets him in English. Mm-hmm. And then you see this English guy. or and, and, then, and then they just start speaking in Cantonese. Yeah, yeah, just straight into the Cantonese. And that happens yeah. quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Random <laughs> white dudes speaking full-on Cantonese. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it threw me off. It just threw me off, Dave. There's a lot of that in this. I was thrown off by the voices, the faces, the subtitles, and then it gets really confusing yeah, because yeah. we're jumping back and forth through time. Yeah, so basically we've got this team who's set up to investigate the case, and then it just goes straight into one of them saying, Paul has the information. Who the fuck is Paul? Don't know who the fuck Paul is. He's one of the cops we find out later, but at this point, don't know who Paul is. So they're like, Paul has the information, let's reconvene at HQ, and we'll sort this out. And you're like, what? Can I just say, like, I know you said we'll find out about it later, but when we do find out who Paul is, I just found it hilarious that he's a Chinese guy. Oh, right, right, yeah. yeah. His name is Paul, he's one of the the Chinese dudes. That is pretty funny, yeah. Yeah, basically, they're just like, Paul has the information, let's go sort this out. Yeah. All right, okay. And then we cut... So confusingly, to a gang of, like, disheveled-looking guys. Um, We don't know who these guys are yet. Mm. One of them is limping along as if he's been injured. They're walking out of this building down Mm. the street. And the cops just pull up and start chasing them down. And we instantly (laughs) go into this big, crazy shootout. Mm. And there's just people everywhere. It's just madness. Just guns firing off everywhere. Which is, again, another ridiculous mm. kind of addition to the true story. None of this happened in reality, of course. <laughs> yeah. They're just making it more action-packed, right? Mm. I don't know what was going on. Yeah, it's it's chaos. Because so, there's no indication that we've, like, jumped through timelines. No, it's really, really confusing. Um, but yeah, the, this gang, they split off. Uh, one goes one way, the others run down another road. It's all very chaotic. Everyone's firing at each other. Some of them seem to get away but mm. later on, we find out that's not the case. <laughs> uh, one of them is just getting beaten up by a cop and is captured and arrested. Again, we don't know who this guy is yet. And they, I love love this when they arrest one of these guys. They're just, like, kicking the shit out of him while he's handcuffed. <laughs> it's like classic Hong Kong. Classic Hong Kong cops, <laughs> so yeah. Good. So this, this one of these punks, so it seems the others have gotten away, but we, mm. we don't really know. We haven't been We don't know who them. they are. We don't know who they are. We don't know any of this. But this one guy that's been arrested is getting interrogated. Hmm. And this is Kang. Mm. That's his name, Kang. Not Pang, like in real life. Kang. And he is the main character of our film, 
definitely not the hero of the film, <laughs> though. So, yeah, he's getting asked all these questions. They're asking mm. him how he got involved in this crime, violently slapping him around, mm. playing a real good cop, bad cop kind of thing. And the main investigator, that, that the sort of hero guy we met before, whose name I don't know, he claims that they've arrested all of his friends mm. and the others have turned against him. But he says, hey, if you can, if you confess, we'll protect you. And then they give him a little sig and he puffs on his sig and the camera goes up and we move into a flashback. So this is where I was like, hang on. So this is directly taken influence from the untold story. And we're having like the cop uh, interrogation scene and the story, the murder is told through multiple flashbacks. That yeah. was like my initial thought. Yeah, yeah. But the fact this came up before, before Untold Story, Untold story is, yeah. is kind of thrown me completely off. But but it is such a a trope of the Cat 3. I wonder what the first one is. Yeah. Like we, we should have a look at it at some point and, and work it out. Work out the timeline. Yeah, because <laughs> so many of them, the, them do this flashback yeah. structure. Daughter of Darkness is the same, right? That does the flashback structure because they're like investigating oh, the case. I've for so long. I love that film though. But Christ. yeah, so many of them. Is it do Lily this. Chung in yes. Girl of Darkness? Yes, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. She's so good. It is her, right? I think so, yeah. But but so many of them do do that structure. So I, I don't it's know. It's kind what of a classic. It's like, it's like the, the stereotype of like Hong Kong Cat 3 mm. films based on real murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Based on a real murder flashback kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going into the flashback. Yeah. And. I love this. <laughs> I love this initial <laughs> flashback. So we see a kid playing with a lantern. So this is Kang mm. as a kid, although mm. I guess we don't really know that yet. And he's he's about like what eleven or twelve or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And he's just hanging out outside this schoolyard. Yeah. All the other kids have gone home. Yeah. He's just there by himself. A teacher, Miss Lee. <laughs> she's a right cunt, isn't she? <laughs> Fucking hell. Jeez. Can you imagine having her as a teacher? She's so rude to him. <laughs> He's like the things that she says to him. So he's like, oh, my dad, you know, he's, he's not, he has, he's not arrived to pick me up. Can I just leave? She's like, no, of course not. You're an idiot. Just go study. She says, you're stupid and lazy. Not until your parents got like, what the fuck? You're stupid and lazy. Pog, pog kid. Based yeah. off of nothing. He just wants to go home. Yeah. But his old mate. Chi. Chi. It's funny because there's one point. During the film where um, he's he's called Guy in the subtitles. And I don't know if they're calling him Guy. Just like, hey, Guy. Like, Guy. <laughs> so, for the longest time, I thought his name was Guy. I was like, right. yeah, this is Guy. And then, like, towards the end, I was like, fuck, his name is Chi. <laughs> so, yeah, Chi, not Guy. His mate. He kind of comes, onto the, uh, comes to the other side of the fence. He's like, hey, buddy, let's go play. Mm. But he's stuck in school. Yeah. But good old Chi, who's a nice guy. He's not a rapist cunt, is he? No. He's a little, he's a cute little chubby kid. Mm. Little chubby boy. Until later. Well, (laughs) (laughs) he busts him out. Yeah, he he busts him out of the school. They run off. Then we get one of the most jarring cuts I've seen in some time, Mm. where we cut from these kids very abruptly to an absolutely fucking disgusting looking man <laughs> sorry this is really harsh to say but he's they've made him up to look disgusting yeah. he's all greased up and gross and he's feeling up a woman in this bed the lighting is disgusting it's the most dingiest <laughs> shittiest looking apartment ever a fucking like mattress on the floor don't have a fucking bed frame <laughs> the the woman that he's filling up is played by Carling, and i'm like i wonder who she is i looked her up she's in a lot of cat threes 
probably her 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 most illustrious role that I could see there. She plays rape victim Ooh. in the film Talk to Me, Dicky. Oh, <laughs> do you know that? Film? Yeah. <laughs> I think we've spoken about that I think before. That was like we? a big inspiration for wanting to do a podcast. That that right. film, yeah. <laughs> but it is so it's disgusting, isn't it? And this is the first bit where nothing's subtitled as well. Like he's just oh, yeah, feeling yeah, yeah. her up, like really manhandling her mm. boobs, just like mashing them, mashing those boobs. Nothing subtitled. Horrible red lighting. And there is, and then it cuts back to the kids. You're like, what the fuck was that? We're jumping back and forth between this gross mattress on the floor, dingy room sex scene to kids playing. And we're going so back and up. forth. And there's this weird ass conversation between the two kids. And he's like, oh, don't you want to play with me? And she is like, oh, it's not that. I have to move to America. Yeah. And it's like, that's completely irrelevant. Yeah. That is so pointless to the plot. Yeah, yeah, it is very pointless. So he's talking about that uh, he has to move to America and they exchange things yeah, to remember she, each other by. She gives Kang an amulet for from his dead mother mm. to protect Kang. And Kang, kind of a shitty <laughs> shitty president or tone, gives him his slingshot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, he calls a spring. Yeah, after that, we cut back again to that sex scene. Yeah. So we see that again. There is one of, you know, we talk about cum faces a lot on this podcast. You love a cum face, but mate. His, this guy's sex face is, I mean, if you ever if you ever want to get rid of a boner, just f- what, look at a freeze frame from this scene. It's just bulging eyes, <laughs> smeared with sweat. It is oh, yeah, he's so, a real sweaty mess, isn't he? So unerotic, disgusting. Yeah, Kang heads home, we're back to Kang. He walks walks back to his house and he looks downstairs and he sees his dad mm. with all his tough, rough, yeah. tough mates <laughs> playing Mahjong. Classic move. Yeah, and he, he looks kind of, you know, scared and runs upstairs Opens the door, and what does he see? Well, he sees his mum getting ploughed by the sweaty old yeah. man. So it becomes pretty clear that's his mum having an affair, basically, yeah. while the dad is downstairs. But the kid is kind of, like, peeking through a crack through the door. He doesn't reveal himself, does yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So they he kind of, like, yeah. kind of walks in, and he's like, oh, this is mm. wrong. So he descends back down the stairs, at which point a phone... Phone call comes in, mm. which the dad picks up, and it's the school, the horrible ass teacher telling him that the kid's basically not there. He's done a runner. So the dad's like, What the fuck? Hang on, guys, watch my beer. I gotta find my dumbass kid. Hold my beer. Yeah. And he bumps into him, right? And the dad fucking unleashes hell onto this kid. Oh. It's horrible. Yeah. He just beats the shit out of him. There's a lot of this character getting the shit beaten out of him, Kang. Yeah. Dad's beating him, and he's saying he's gonna kill him for skipping school. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like, I'll kill you for skipping school! <laughs> priorities in check, so, right? Jesus Christ. So the kid runs back up to the safety of his mum, mm. but unfortunately, she's getting ploughed by yeah. the sweaty gross man. Door flies open. The dad catches them getting fucked. And so we get the greatest scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. This bit's so fucking bonkers. So, yeah, the, the dad's run in, caught his wife, uh, you know, having sex. And, yeah, please, please tell us more about He does the Marilyn Burns! Yeah, yeah, once again. <laughs> How so, many of these have we had? <laughs> 
we need to count how many oh, films so that we talk funny. about where someone jumps out of a window. Yeah. So the- he's like butt naked, <laughs> puts on his little tidy whities, jumps out the fucking window. Oh my god! And, and uh, the yeah, dad's the- like calls down to his cronies, he's like, "Go get him!" Yeah, yeah. The dad pulls out a gun as well. He's like oh, threatening god. the. But then I love. I shouldn't say I love because my, the next sentence is about to be talking about domestic abuse, but th- there's this absolutely insane sort of slap exchange yeah. now. So the, the guy runs out and then the dad's like beating up the mom, like, how how could you do this? And then the mother starts beating up Kang. The yeah. son is like, you, you little shit. Yeah. It's your fault that your dad caught me doing this. And then the, there's that shot of the yeah. dad where he slaps the two of them at the, the same double time. Slap. Double slap. Double slap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the dad oh, um, so good. the dad kicks her out he's like get the fuck out of my house and then the dad blames everything yeah. on the kid <laughs> he blames everything and also as he's talking to the kid he obviously starts swearing mm. so all the sound cuts out I love it when that happens in Cat 3 have you seen that so you, you're yeah. seeing the most fucked up shit in these films yeah. but when people swear it's bleeped mm. or just in this case, the sound just drops out and it's all, like, censored in the subtitles. I, I, I didn't know what the cause of that was. I was wondering, was there, like... You know, like, you get missing reels and shit? Because the print wasn't great. No. And I, I wonder if they just lost the audio no, to no, that, that scene. that was definitely a censorship. Was moment. it? Yeah, that, that happens quite a lot, especially... Yeah, and Cat 3. Really, yeah. It's just so funny that they have to censor swearing. It's, it's mad. bizarre. And, but, but not in English, though, because the dad <laughs> says to his son, he says, I'll break your fucking legs if you come home. <laughs> Go to the dormitory. Like, what the fuck? Oh, God. Dad of the Year Award. Oh, Jesus so Christ. So absurd. He slaps the shit out of his son, says, don't come back <sighs> or I'll break your legs. He hasn't even fucking done anything wrong. It's, ri- it's truly ridiculous. The poor kid lost a mum and a dad. In this, in the same instant. <laughs> so Kang is then in bed. So I guess he hasn't been kicked out yet. But he's like in his bed, and he. Oh, so we cut forward now. Yeah. So yeah, he's, it's at night time. He's all upset. He's crying. He pulls the blanket over his head, and then we kind of do like a little cross dissolve into the morning. But the blanket is different, and we're like, "Oh, what's going on here?" And then someone pulls the blanket off. And we realize that we've moved forward in time and now we've now got adult Kang. Mm. <laughs> so Kang is off yeah. to work with his his mates. Don't know what his job was. He seems to be washing vegetables. Can or I something. just say he is living in the shittiest fucking place ever? Oh yeah. Oh man. We, uh, uh, we definitely need to get onto that when we see it in more detail. Oh, a it's, bit later. it's pretty amazing. It's a full cracked in. It's yeah. it's just fucking like spray paint all over the walls yeah, yeah, yeah. with five fucking dudes my my favorite is on the wall it's in capital letters and an exclamation mark it just says fuck <laughs> like spray painted on the wall it's a full-blown yeah disgusting shithole crack mm. then yeah but yeah him and him and his friends are like working their job washing veggies washing veggies <laughs> listening to horse racing and this is the the gang Kang's gang mm, the rape <laughs> and gang I feel like they can only be separated by their haircuts I totally agree and also their names you don't hear them until the final scene so I had to go back <laughs> in my notes and add in the names but we've got Niu N-I-U is the kind of main friend and he's like a big tough guy and he's just got a regular haircut <laughs> So he's so, regular yeah, haircut man. I, I totally agree. I don't know any of their names, so yeah. I think we should just like describe okay. them by so their we've hair. Got, we've got we've tough got guy. Tough guy with a regular haircut. <laughs> we've got Shan, who has long black hair 
that grows longer throughout the film. Well, hair grows, doesn't it, Dave? But I mean, (laughs) it's significant. It like triples in length. Is it like the story of Ricky Star where it just keeps changing? It's very different. Then we've got Harry is his name and he's got kind of he's not really that hairy he's got shorter hair but he's got cool frosted curly hair oh him yeah yeah, yeah. frosty hair boy and then we've got chiang mm. who's got a disgusting greasy mop with a little oh, orange guy, streak yeah. at oh. the front he seemed way too old to have that kind of hair right he seemed way too old yeah i think they implied that he's 60 <laughs> dude i was looking and i feel like everyone is too old to be having this kind of hair yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> they, they're all kind of like it's like Especially that guy and the frosted tips and the the weird long permy guy. Yeah, like these kind of look like kind of like teenager dog shit haircuts. Dog shit haircuts, but Garbage. yeah, especially that guy with the greasy fucking <laughs> dyed tip. I hated that haircut. It, it was, was so gross. One of the worst haircuts I've ever seen. So they're they're betting on horses, like listening to like horse racing. The horse they bet on loses. And they all start just throwing fucking vegetables in each other's faces. Yep. The boss comes out and is a bit pissed off, mm. as you would be, messing with the the product there. Yeah. And he fires them and refuses to pay them their mm. wages. And they walk off, mm. pissed off. The gang's not happy about losing their job, and they head off to cause some trouble. Mm. That interaction between the boss and the gang is funny, because like the, the, the boss wants money back for the product... They're pissed off because they're not going to get paid because they yeah. fucking ruined the product. But it's just so typical of a Cat 3 film. Not just Cat 3, any Hong Kong films where everyone is just threatening everyone. Yeah. And it's like, they oh, go you to better- 100 straight yeah. away. It's so fast. There's no like reason there. It's like, you better pay me. You better watch your back. I'll kill you. Like, you know, you're going to be sorry. Like, it's. There's just everyone threatens people so yeah, yeah, yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great. It's great. Oh, so so they're funny. pissed off. They're like, fuck it. We're going to go to the park. <laughs> yeah. Have a good time in the park. So they're like, what? What are they even doing? They're like throwing a fucking frisbee I, or it, something. I don't even know. It's kind of baffling, but mm. they're all the gang's all kind of like, yeah, worked up. Except Kang is like quite separate. He's like quite brooding, mm. isn't he? So he's kind of a bit more chill. Whereas the others are just ludicrous. They're mm. like acting like toddlers, mm. like just flinging magazines at each other. I don't even know where they got them from. <laughs> and as they're like fucking about with each other. They throw one of the magazines and it it smashes into uh, this couple. Mm. Like so, this couple sitting down on a bench hits the couple. Understandably, the man of the couple gets really pissed off mm. and basically tries to tell them to fuck off. Mm. And the gang just instantly gets in this guy's face. Yeah, and then things take a very fucked up turn. Oh yeah. <laughs> So they're running through the park, running for yeah. their life. The, the couple, couple yeah. like, basically all they did was just, like, don't, like, throw shit at don't me. Don't throw shit at me. And yeah. then the gang's like, we're going to fucking kill you. <laughs> so this couple, yeah, as you say, runs off into the park. I think two of them chase down the guy, mm. beat the living shit out of him. <laughs> whilst the other two or three chase down the girl, find her rip her clothes off this is broad daylight by the way Mm. and the guy is like bleeding Mm. intensely from his mouth all three guys are laughing and we get this kind of cutting back and forth between this guy getting brutally beaten blood spraying everywhere whilst the girl gets her clothes ripped off 
tied... No, she's not tied to a tree. No, the man gets tied to a tree whilst the girl gets raped on this rock. Mm. And there's this constant back and forth between laughing and screaming. It's really intense. Yeah, it's totally fucked up. And it, and it happens so quickly. Mm. And it's like, whoa, what, what are you guys doing? Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, they're just... It's... And it's kind of ridiculous. Like, it, it's horrible mm. and intense. But it's also fucking ludicrous. Yeah. So, when they're beating up the guy... For example, there's a shot where one of them jumps onto a tree and does a sort of swing <laughs> kick into the guy, which makes him, like, spit out blood everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And this is kind of what I was saying before. I was kind of laughing throughout the majority of this film because it is just so over the top. Mm. And it's you can't take it seriously. Oh, it's ridiculous. Even though yeah. we're watching some guy getting beaten up and getting seeing a girl get raped, it's just so over the top and so unbelievable mm. unfortunately this is a real thing though yeah <laughs> but, but uh, yeah i did kind of laugh my ass off quite a lot but also again this is how fucked this film is because this didn't happen right this is not based on reality they're mm. just like uh, you know if we only have you know two murders in the film or like two mm. assaults it's a bit boring mm. so let's put this scene in the start more rape yeah, just, just put on some, in some sexual assault to, to spice things up, which yeah. is so fucked up. So messed up. But fortunately oh for them, someone comes and they mm. scarper. Yeah. Like, Let's get the fuck out of here. So the gang rushes out midway through this horrendous beating and assault, but... They're not happy with that. Like, that's not enough for them. Mm. So they're like, all right, let's go Let's go fuck up the boss. Yeah. Like, the guy <laughs> that fired them. They go over to the, the workplace and follow him as he comes out. And this is so fucking funny, this bit. They put a bag over him. <laughs> He's, like, in an alley and they're just beating the shit out of him. And Kang's kind of encouraging it, right? And my favorite line in the whole film is in this scene. So they're beating the shit out of the boss while he's in this bag. And <laughs> And then Kang goes, fly him, fly him. So they pick him up and throw him. Fly him. <laughs> oh, God, it's so fly funny. But yeah, and mid- midway through this beating, a, a cop shows up. So yeah. once again, the, the violence is interrupted and they run off. Kang's kind of at the back, so he's sort of caught behind. And as he's trying to escape, he runs into a taxi. Mm. And goes to jump into the taxi, but... Who's in the taxi? Not Guy. Gee! He cheese there, but he's he's no longer a chubby boy anymore. He's, oh, a, he's a sexy boy, he's isn't he? He's a sexy, handsome man. Yeah. So they go off together in the taxi, escaping Kang and Chi, reunited. Uh, they hang about down by the river. Kang talks about all of his troubles. He's like, yeah, I live with these fucking <laughs> shit cunts. I live with these shitty guys. And she's like, yeah, I've had a rough time too. My dad my dad died, so I guess I came back to Hong Kong. What else am I going to do? And then Kang invites Chi to come live with him. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, just come out. Come and, come and live with me. And then in a very touching moment, we see uh, they pull out the slingshot and the amulet. Oh, as if they just carry those around them everywhere. With them <laughs> yeah. every fucking day. Like, the amulet, sure. Whatever, you know, you can wear it around your neck. The slingshot, he seriously, does he take that everywhere? <laughs> like, you know, like these actors in their 30s <laughs> carrying <around laughs> slingshots. Oh, God. And then what happens next is... Oh, my God. So, so that's it. Chi has been invited to stay in Kang's apartment. He's like, yeah, come crash on mine. It'll be fine. Mm. You'll, you'll fit right in. Don't worry about it. 
cut to a gross ass sex scene <laughs> where all the Gang fucking bang. <laughs> dudes that the rape party are all taking turns having sex with the same girl or two girls yeah, yeah. in that shitty apartment with spray paint on the wall and just this horrible dimly lit grim yeah. little sex den where they're all just like they're all just fucking the same person. Yeah, yeah. And it's all just like like buddies. Yeah, like you go first, yeah, I'll yeah. go first, I'll take the front, you take the back. The, and the lighting is so fucked, like it's mm. all this pink lighting. That really that graffiti's so prominent, that big fuck yeah, graffiti yeah, yeah, is super yeah. prominent. But like, yeah, as you said, like, it's just so gross. Mm. They're all like fucking one by one and it's got like this ridiculous sort of dance music over the top <laughs> as well. But <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing at the way it was like they were all doing a come one by one. Ugh. So the first one's like, all right, here we go. Ugh. All right, you get in. Ugh. <laughs> disgusting. I think they, but I think they really tried to make this as sexy as possible. Oh, it really. And there's is a not. few scenes, like because you got the the rape scenes, but there's also plenty of scenes where they try to set some kind of like erotic mood and atmosphere to it. Yeah. But unfortunately, you're really just watching. Five gross yeah. dudes with gross haircuts. Yeah. Fuck the same girl. It's horrible. It's very and disgusting. Chi fucking comes in. So like, so Kang takes Chi back. Chi's first through the door. Walks into this horrendous scene, what and he's just like, "Oh my, oh wrong apartment." <laughs> Kang's like, "No, no, this is it. Come in. Come stay with me and my friends. This come stay with my my four male friends, and we all take turns fucking the same girl." <laughs> Whose idea of that is a good place to stay? Like, you imagine inviting someone home? Oh, God. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, come crash at mine. Yeah. No, no worries, come yeah, on Don't it. worry, there's just, like, me and my four male friends, <laughs> and we're just going to let all have sex with the same girl on the same mattress. This oh. kid who he hasn't seen for, what, 20 years? Oh, Can you imagine the stench in that place? <laughs> you, it, it is so grimy. Yeah. It's so gross, that scene. So have you ever, like met up with old friends like that you haven't seen for like 10 years or whatever more like mm. childhood friends yeah and there's always like that like, like, kind of icebreaker he's like oh I haven't seen you for you know since we were fucking kids like how have you been Can you imagine being that person meeting your friend and he's like yeah come crash at mine yeah, yeah no worries come into the the fucking cum dungeon <laughs> <laughs> I would walk the fuck right out. Oh, Can you imagine? I, I, I think we should have we should have finished our friendship when we were yeah, kids. Yeah. I would be horrified to be <laughs> in cheese. But he, but he stays. He's fine. He doesn't seem to have a problem. Yeah, he does at first, but but then Kang's like, oh, you'll get used to it. <laughs> so then we... <laughs> you'll get used to the so, smell. So after this horrible cum... cum <laughs> so after this awful gangbang come dungeon nightmare uh <laughs> we cut to i guess like maybe the next day and uh yeah chi and kang are walking down the street the boss that they beat the shit out of mm. is there and he's got a gang of rough toughies with him and they're all they all have these big like metal bars <laughs> yeah. and they just go straight over to kang and chi and start walloping the shit like they beat Chi up to the point that I'm like, fuck, is Chi gonna die in this scene? <laughs> yeah. Even though I've seen this before. She's not done anything wrong. They're like, he's like lying down on something and they're smashing his chest over and over with this metal bar. And you're like, what the fuck is this? And mm. they managed to escape. 
that seems utterly pointless mm. as well. We, we never really come back to that in any way, shape, or form. Just more action. Yeah. Just another... Yeah, which, to be fair, it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. And then finally, we, we go back to present day, the interrogation. Uh. We've seen all this sort of build up, and then we're, yeah, back to the interrogation. And Kang is asked a very triggering question. Mm. And this is... Oh, my God. This is where the film, I think, takes it up a notch that is so disgusting. So much worse than that calm dungeon. But, um, yeah, Kang, <laughs> Kang is asked about his parents. And then the, we go back to the flashback again. So the gang is walking around uh, Hong Kong and they go into a brothel. Mm. And I don't know about you. If, I know I've seen this before, but it's been a while, so I didn't remember a lot of it. But already... I feel like you know where it's going because mm. he's just been asked about his parents yeah. and then they go into a brothel. Oh God. And then in the brothel again, it's just, it's just gross. There's this like gross old man. He's like, yeah, I got a few girls here and he's sort of setting them all up and he's like, oh, I don't have quite enough. Can you, can you guys share? <sighs> and, uh, and yeah, Shan and, and Chiang. So what's that? Like orange hair guy and long hair mm. guy. They're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. We'll, we'll share a girl. We love sharing. Yeah, we, we love We that. do it all we, the time. Uh, did you, didn't you see the scene before in the Kong Dungeon? <laughs> there was fucking four of us then. Now there's only two. So they're like, yeah, we'll go and fuck a girl together. And Kang's like, yeah, I'm good. Mm. He, he never really gets involved. He in doesn't, sort of does stuff, he? Yeah. No. So he's like, no, nah, that's okay. And he just sort of broods and puffs mm. a little ciggy. So the two guys are off with their prostitute, but we don't see her face. So mm. already you're like, oh, fuck we you, know movie. who's this fuck movie. <laughs> you, movie. This is horrendous. Kang's waiting in the hallway, puffing on his cig, not interested. And then one of the guys finishes, you know, having sex with the prostitute while the other's still going for it. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go get a cigarette. Opens the door, goes to get a cigarette from Kang. Kang looks into the room, sees the prostitute's face. And it's his mum that his two mates have just tag team fucked. Dude. It's so grim. It's It's fucking horrible. And the film doesn't... Like, it's fucked, but the the film never has the scene where Kang confronts the two guys. It seems to... It doesn't really affect their relationship whatsoever. No, not at like, all. Like, he kind of puts all the blame onto his mum. Like, he's like, oh, she's a fucking bitch. She's a whore. And it's like, there doesn't really seem to be any ill thought towards his two friends. Yeah. Just, oh, not, obviously, they didn't know. Yeah. But you would still have some sort of ill Yeah. I'm not going to I'm not gonna lie, mate. If you and say, you know, Jake, this <laughs> friend of ours, Jake, if you two fucked my mum... <laughs> In a Hong Kong brothel. I would never speak to either of you again. It's not something you'd be like, oh, sorry, mate, I didn't know. I would never get over that. Just give me a free pass for this time. Like, Christ. Of all the brothels, of all the women, who knew it would have been your mum, Dave? But he's very pissed off at his mum and uh, calls her... You know, all sorts of awful things. The two mates are just sort of sheepishly like, whoopsie, whoopsie Uh, daisy. I have my phone. And then, um, yeah, that's it. Like, he just loses that. uh, And then, once again, our mate Chi is trying to sort of calm him down. Nice guy, Chi. Yeah, Chi. I mean, he's making good points. He's like, you know, Chi's had a horrible life. Mm. Your dad was a horrible guy. He kicked her out. Um, You know, tries to sort of defend her. Mm. But Kang is like... 
no, she's just a whore that likes being screwed, I think was the line that he says. Mm. And yeah, he's fucking pissed off. Goes back to the brothel. Um, so it's, there's a lot of back and forth, isn't mm. there? So they're at the brothel. They have their deep and meaningful chat. Then he goes back to the brothel. Who knows how many days later this is. <laughs> but yeah, he sees his mum uh, coming down the stairs with... I couldn't tell, like, customer or a pimp or... I, I thought he was a customer. Yeah. But, he's but then he's trying to get money off her, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. But basically this guy who's just being a, a, aggressive to her, trying to get money. And Kang, once again fucking loses it starts wailing on this guy beating the shit out of him but the mother stops him and sends him off mm. he goes off on his way and is that that's the last time we see or hear of the mum isn't it that's it there's a there's a lot of stuff in this that's just sort of like yep yeah, that's it mm. there we go but yeah but that's it now he's down in the dumps mm. he knows mum's <laughs> a whore dumps. he tried to help her he tried to defend her honor stop the guy taking her money but she ended up blaming him mm. he's he's just not having a good day is he not having a great time. But what happens? Oh, oh. <laughs> Two beautiful Babes. young ladies on bicycles come fucking kamikaze into them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, crash, crash into them. <laughs> Cheeky little romance forms. Mm. Oh, who's this beautiful young lady? <laughs> and then and then we cut to another random scene yeah, yeah, of them yeah. like doing some I thought they were like washing cars uh, or something. It's so confusing. But yeah, like as you say, we meet mainly there's like one woman that matters in, yeah. in the, for these two two uh ladies, but there's students, right? Yeah, one of them crashes, gets hurt. Her name's Kitty. Kitty. We don't, we don't learn this until much later. Mm. She's played by Chung Bik Wing, who is in Doctor Girl- Lamb. Uh Doctor Lamb and <laughs> Uh, girl gang as well which right, I really right. like. but yeah then we just cut away from that mm. we don't really get to see her for a bit and yeah Kang and Chi are washing cars and opening doors mm. for money that's pretty real <laughs> so but that, that's like what the real gang did right right like right before yeah. the murders <laughs> that really confused me. I didn't quite know what was happening there. Well, I didn't know that was a job yeah, that you so, could do. So that was the thing, right? So when I was reading about the case and watching things, and they kept saying, opening doors for money, I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and then I started in the film, I'm like, oh, it literally just is opening people's doors and then asking for money. I thought they were like cleaning window. You know, like, you know, someone so you pull are, up to like yeah, yeah. traffic like lights. window washing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're mostly just opening doors and demanding money. But... but- Whose door do they open? My goodness, it's only Kang's dad who he's not seen. It's only Kang's dad. It's only Kang's bloody dad who he hasn't seen for, what, 20 fucking years. He, he, he seems really nonchalant about the whole thing. He's like, I'm not mm. seen my son in 20 years. And he opens the door and he's like, oh, you, you look like a beggar. <laughs> You're useless. He calls him useless. Yeah. He just opened his fucking car door for him. That's not useless. That's a use. He helped you out. Yeah. He throws some money in his face. Big wad of cash in his face. Take it. But he's like, they're obviously like telling us like, oh, he's rich now Mm. somehow. We don't know how. But Mm. like before he was like in a filthy wife beater playing mahjong with his rough, tough mates. Now he's all suited up. Don't know what happened there. But yeah, he's a a rich dad now. 
I did find it very funny how Kang bumps into his mum and his dad just like so coincidentally, yeah. right? That massive population. Yeah. Of, yeah. of all the car doors I had to open, why did it have mm. to be yours? I, at this point, I was like, this movie's so fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very dumb it's so film. stupid. But yeah, then, then we see. Uh, Chi and Kang hanging out uh, by the riverside, right? And they're, and they're with Kitty, the bike injury woman that <laughs> yeah. we very briefly met before. And Kang's talking about how he never had warmth from his family. Kitty's talking about how she's an orphan. And Chi's like, oh, we're okay. We're, we're doing all right. Mm. He's trying to... He's always a bit positive, right? Good old Chi. Then Kitty says like this fucking baffling little riddle about who would you rather save your friend or your lover blah 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 blah, blah, blah. skip that but basically (laughs) we're setting up a little cheeky love triangle between these three love triangle so chi kang kitty bit of a love triangle going on there so then things get a bit more bonkers back to them opening doors again and um yeah this undercover foreigner cop Hmm. Gaijin, oh God, we can't say Gaijin, Guailo. Guailo cop. <laughs> the, the, is the Cantonese Gaijin. Yeah, there, there was so much Guailo in this film. Yeah. Which yeah. is the, which, which is what in, uh, in, in English, what would that be? Is it like white ghost? I, I heard it was like white devil. A white devil, okay, yeah. My friend lived in China once and uh, some some random bypasser called him a guaylo. Mm. And, and he was like, well, maybe you are the guaylo. <laughs> in, in like Cantonese or in Mandarin. And the, and the guy was like, oh, and he spooked and ran off. Yeah, I heard it was white devil. Mm. But anyway, not, not a nice thing to call someone. It's a, no. a racist term. But this, yeah. So this fucking, so this fucking Guaylo comes yeah, so along. This fucking Guaylo cop is, uh, <laughs> you know, arrests Kang yeah. for begging. Which, That's not is that even, a crime. Not, I don't know about. It can't be. <laughs> yeah. So it you're arrested be. for begging. Have you been to Hong Kong? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've spoken about this. We, uh, yeah. I saw times, so yeah. many beggars. Yeah. They're not getting arrested. It doesn't seem like it's a. Uh, yeah, but I think they were they were implying right that this Guaylo prick. Is a, is a you know he's like an opportunist, right? He's uh, yeah. That that seemed to be the implication of right. the scene that he was. A I prick. guess it also drives the fact, like, or his his motive of how he hates yeah. fucking foreigners. Which to me, that is the thing that's the most fucked about mm. this retelling. Because in the real story, that was a layer of course of that mm. that murder, but it, to make it the motive, they really push it and to basically make this a revenge film essentially <laughs> is very messed up it's like when he sees fucking white faces he just fucking yeah and goes it, nuts <laughs> and it kicks in from this point yeah. like just out of nowhere now we've got this sort of you know foreigner sort of thing mm. this hatred that he that he has but yeah like this guy's trying to get him to sign a confession yeah the dad shows up right so kang's dad out of I mean, nowhere yeah out of nowhere even though he's, he hasn't seen it for years and then he's back again and he's refusing to bail him out. Then we don't really know what happens with that. It's just sort of left mm. at that. It was and around then, this point where I kind of, I kind of started to feel a little bit bad for Kang. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, there's, like, oh, he's 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 had a rough time, despite the unprovoked sexual assault and beating earlier. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, so then we're we're back to that present day, uh, his interrogation, and this is when he really cranks up the anti Guaylo rants. He's like, I fucking hate foreigners. See you, Guaylo. See you, Yeah, he's, he's in rage. Oh, he's saying it to the cop, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he, he lets something slip, doesn't he? 
you want to say? He's like, you don't know how I feel. Have you ever had your girlfriend be killed? I fucking hate foreigners. Like, yeah. And yeah. the other guy's like, wait, what? 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 Mentioning kills now. Like he's let something slip. Mm. So we know there's more to his yeah. foreign hatred that is more than just this. Yeah, shitty cop mm. that he met. He's starting to leave a little trail of bread. Yes, juicy guaylo yes. breadcrumbs. <laughs> Some white bread. <laughs> So then we're we're back to the flashback and yeah. Oh Kang, my god, this yeah, is the best. Yeah. We're Kang. It's just so badly set up. Like it's so poorly fucking set up. But yeah, Kang uh, sees Kitty and he's got he's got some ice creams, right? And he's like, Oh, do you wanna go out on a date? And gives her an ice cream. Then go see a movie and gives her the ice cream. But then she is like watching from the distance. And, he, and he's got ice creams too. He also has ice cream too. Ice cream. That's how you woo oh. Hong Kong girls. Bring up an ice cream. There's a hot tip from it. Kang and Chi. It's all about uh, the uh, ice cream. That fucking shot oh. of Chi there with his That's ice cream. So funny. And this like the like sadness on his face, right? It's so good. He's oh. Like, oh god. And he tries the. They see him, right? And he tries to hide the ice creams. He hides the ice creams behind his back. It's like, I imagine it was like a bouquet of flowers or something. You hide the bouquet or like a box of chocolates. He's got a fucking Cornetto. Yeah. It's like, when did he buy that? It's surely it's going to be melted to fuck. Oh, God. Uh, but they have this like awkward interaction yeah. where Kang ends up seeing the ice creams and kind of works out what's going on. <laughs> And Kitty's like, all right, how about we all go to the movies together? Oh, fun Fucking times. Jesus. Chi, cock, block, and Kang there. But, uh, <laughs> so they, this this whole sequence is, is so, the time is so confusing here, but it just cuts to them straight after the movie. And they're just walking down the street and like whatever they saw, they didn't enjoy it. Like Kitty's like, that was a shit film. <laughs> and it's quite tense and awkward because like, uh. it's the three of them, right? And Kitty's like, all right, I'm off. See ya. She walks off, and it's like, oh, okay. Then we go forward in time. And it's quite like her birthday party? Well, just, yeah, just before that, though, we go forward in time, and we see another date between Kang and Kitty. Mm. And we're like, okay, so this is not the movie. This is another date. Okay, that's a bit confusing. It's nighttime now. And uh, he's Kang's dropping Kitty off at the door, and he's asking whether... You know, he can spend the night with her. And she's like, no, my family's waiting for me. But then she, once again, is randomly there watching sadly as Kang's getting these sort of light kisses from Kitty. Like, what the fuck? And then Kang turns around after the Kitty goes and sees Chi and he's like, you're here again. <laughs> and they have this kind of awkward, once again, awkward interaction. But she's like, hey, you know what? Mates before dates. That's it. Let's, uh, we're all good. We're all good here. So we're buds, we're the- buds. The good love old, triangle. She's a good guy. She's all right. We so like Chi. He ends the love triangle and, you know, just basically is like, yeah, you and Kitty, you, you go for it. You do the same. Then we get Kitty's fucking nightmare birthday. <laughs> not not since Worm Eaters. Our episode about Worm Eaters. Have I heard Happy Birthday sung so horribly? <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Imagine being Kitty and you, you're invited over to Kang and Chi's apartment and walk in and see that 
fucking cum dungeon crack den <laughs> with fuck written across the- what the fuck dude it is the most disgusting birthday party <laughs> yeah, it is in that shitty little dingy room with a spray paint on the wall and it's the most it's the most depressing place to spend oh, a birthday grim as fuck ever so yeah Chi and Kang is singing happy birthday like make a wish and I bet she's like wish I wasn't in this fucking cum dungeon <laughs> and then those the fucking rape sh- gang uh, Kung Ho yeah the horrible rapist mates all show up and at this point I'm like oh no where's this going even though I've seen it before but (laughs) (laughs) also they cut the cake with a fork oh dirty bastards (laughs) is that that was quite weird I didn't even notice that it was like a big fork oh no it's just weird I know it just just really threw me out and I actually rewound it to check if I was seeing things but anyway they all eat the cake together a food fight fucking breaks out it's like what's wrong with you guys I would hate to hang out with these kinds. Like, uh, they are the worst people. Uh, I, I, I would just go home immediately. I, you- I, I would be so angry. If, if someone, if I was on a date and they're like, yeah, we're going to... Surprise birthday party. Come back, we'll have a cake, we'll have the lot. And I'm taken to that shitty little cum dungeon with shit on the walls, with no lighting and a bunch of rapists <laughs> come in and start throwing my birthday cake around. Yeah, are you kidding me? fuck? And, and the whole time, Kitty's like, don't drink too much, don't get drunk. Yeah, she's, and she's all just, clearly uncomfortable. And they're all just fucking getting slaughtered. Yeah. We sort of move forward in time, and Kang and Chi get fucked out of their minds. Chi's great. He, yeah, he's he, like a he, well he's, fun drunk. I want to drink with Chi. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> But they're like, all right, let's go get some more alcohol. Yeah. And they, they go get some more booze. And they're drinking in the park. This is that nighttime drinking in the park. Kang's like, this is the happiest day of my life. It's like, dude, in that fucking cum dungeon? Really? Okay. And they're just singing this fucking, like, horribly, (laughs) drunkenly singing. (laughs) At this point, she's like, oh, shit, we need more. We need more Mm. booze. So he stumbles off. (laughs) And Kang and Kitty are left alone and start making out. And then some... Filthy, fucking, disgusting guinos. <laughs> also drunk out of their mind. Yeah, approach Kang and Kitty speaking very bad English. They're clearly not actually English speakers, which I thought was very funny. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> it's like hey man, how's going? Yeah. <laughs> how's going? Hey man, how's going? <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Um, but yeah, they they basically just start to attack mm. Kang and Kitty, mm. beating the shit out of Kang. Once again, he gets beaten up a lot mm. in this film. Surprised he's not brain damaged. Maybe he's he is. Maybe that's what he does. What he does. Smash on his face. Yeah, bottle smash on his face and Kitty is getting attacked. Oh. Yeah, Kang is just getting punched to pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, it is nuts. Like, just over and over and over in the face. Mm. And then things get even worse. Mm. Kitty is starts getting assaulted and raped mm. while Kang is like fucking smashed to pieces, bloodied up, watching this and he can't help. It's an absolutely awful scene. It's horrible. It's the most horrible position to be in. Can you imagine being in that oh, position? Awful. Horrendous. And yeah, then she comes back and yeah. sees this happening and he pulls out like a st- Dick, right? I, think, I don't that... know. He finds something on the floor. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a pipe or a branch or something. Yeah. He's got something. Some kind of, uh, some kind of, let's say tubular weapon. Tubular weapon. <laughs> some kind tubular. of c- cylindrical <laughs> weapon. And yeah, it hits the guy that was, 
yeah, raping Kitty. But then one of these foreigners grabs this giant fucking rock, mm. smashes it over Chi's head, and kills him. He's dead. That's the end of Chi. That's fucked. No, we loved Chi. We love Chi. Chi's a fucking champ. He's the he is by far the the best like guy in this film. He right? is. I want a friend like Chi. Yeah. I could be your Chi guy. Will you be my Chi? <laughs> You'd be my Kang. No, actually, please don't be Kang. Um, so the, the foreigners kind of freak out. They run away. And Kitty, in this, like, panic, mm. gets up, runs away, and runs onto a road and is run over by mm. a car. Mm. Not, not just run over. She gets hit by a car yeah yeah and then smashed crushed. onto the fucking bonnet yeah and then run over by it. it's like yeah. a double fucking punch it's- i was wondering after the foreigners like smash chi with the rock they do a runner so i was wondering was this their car they got into their car and drove oh. off and then kind of took her out on like not not purposely but right they she just ran into their car as they were escaping i actually didn't even think of that but yeah that that would make sense yeah but it was quite horrendous like she gets fucking rolled under this car yeah it's nuts yeah <laughs> it's horrible and yet again the you know this is very clearly based on a real story none of this shit is real all of this sort of motivation <laughs> sort of stuff is not not real at all not not real it's not real one not <laughs> And then we go back to the interrogation. Yeah. And Kang's just, like, freaking out. And he's like, all foreigners are beasts. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, I feel attacked here, mate. What's going on? (laughs) And he's not not wrong. There's clearly some kind of hatred for white people. I mean, like you said, I mean, the British did some fucked up stuff to Hong Kong. (laughs) You get get where the rage (laughs) comes from, right? This is where the film, it just... It's just like, okay, he's done. He was already not that well and you know he had all the stuff with his mom and all that sort of stuff kitty kind of helped him a bit and now the two people that helped him in his life have been horribly killed Mm. and we're just smash bang into king's what was it called king's hill or whatever king whatever the fake name for bramer hill was oh yeah 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 so we're in the hill oh so this this is the so actual case this is this this section here is what this you know mm. this is what the film is riffing on Mm, mm, mm. this is basically the bramer hill murders yeah in a very gross and trashy kind of way the climax of the film essentially exactly yeah so that we see this foreign couple hanging out on the hill and the gang are just there drunk out of their fucking mind Mm. total mess and they approach this couple screaming at them like just unhinged the foreign guy in this couple is is really pissed off obviously and his anger kind of triggers like a flashback for kang seeing Mm. like kind of he like sees the death of kitty again and chi it's like he sees white people and immediately starts freaking out it's almost mm. like uh, like the red to kill effect yeah. he just kind of like it triggers him but and he kind Milo's. of yeah. but, and he just fucking leaps at him yeah, doesn't yeah. he he leaps yeah. it's a great leap <laughs> it's a good leap floors yeah, the, him mm. and just starts pummeling him into the ground the uh the girlfriend did you get her character's name at least it's not the same as the real name no, i can't remember but the person was. that was based on mm. the the girl who got murdered like flees off into the 
into the I don't know what you call it. It's like a field. Yeah, it's kind of it's all these sort of big hills and mm. fields and stuff. Yeah, but they yeah the gang catch up to her and they're ripping her clothes off. Uh, yeah, beating her up mm. and just start raping her. Well, at the same time, so it's kind of like a repeat of what happened before. Those mm. three of those guys are got doing that to the woman, and then Kang and muscle guy with regular haircut, his mate. <laughs> So that's going back quite a while in the podcast now, but yeah, they're just beating up the mm. the the uh, the white guy, like the yeah. the male of the couple. It's horrendous. There's a, a lot of stuff of the woman trying to escape, and they keep catching up to her. Mm. It's extremely fucking violent. Uh, Kang starts beating the guy's head, and the friends start to realize he's really taking yeah, yeah, it too yeah. far. Big muscly dude. Like, yeah, tries to stop him. Yeah, there's a shot of him, like, smashing the guy's head and blood just spraying over mm. him. And the friend... Yeah, muscle guy's like, mm. oh, fuck. Like, this is too much. And in the distance, we can hear the girl getting raped, right? Mm. And this is when I was like, well, actually, Kang has quite an interesting role to play here. Because he's... And for a very shallow film, it's a very complex role. Because he's constantly torn between like two different states and emotions because on one side he's always with this gang of rapists mm. yet he's traumatized by his girlfriend getting raped yeah yeah also he's traumatized by chi getting killed yet he's on a kind of killing rampage yeah yeah and his actions and his thoughts are always conflicting and it's kind of driving him into this in, in insane state where he can't control himself mm. And I was like, well, wow, actually, that's probably quite a difficult character to play. Yeah, yeah. He he is quite good. And he is this, good. This main he's role, good. yeah. I think he, he did this role really well, actually. Mm. But they, yeah, so they tie up the guy, mm. right? Like, uh, take off his shoes, use his shoelaces to tie him up. Which really happens as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, Kang's tough mate goes over and he joins in with the, the rape while Kang is with the the foreign guy, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, as you said, like, his experience of Kitty being raped and all of that sort of thing starts triggering, you know, flashbacks in his own kind of rage, right? And the foreign guy who's been knocked out at this point starts waking up. And from this sort of rage that's being triggered, Kang just goes nuts and starts kicking him, punching him in the face... The foreigner spits blood in his face. There's this mm. gross shot of like Kang licking the blood. And then Kang gets a big stick, just like in the real case, smashes him over the head with blood just spraying all over him. It's r- extremely fucking violent. After murdering this guy, he rushes over to where the woman is who's, who's being raped and just pushes the guys off, right? And starts beating her over and over mm. with the, the stick. It's absolutely vicious and horrible. I don't know how else to say it without it sounding disgusting, but yeah, he shoves the stick mm. inside her. Mm. Again, like mm. what happened in the real case, which is really fucking disgusting that they're doing it in this film. And then, yeah, bites off her nipple. You know, I, I don't know if that happened in the real case, but it's just another disgusting detail that they're throwing in. And everyone's sort of watching this horrified. Even the rapists yeah, are they're, horrified. Yeah, they're shocked <laughs> yeah. by this, yeah. And, 
you know, they try to pull it, pull him off, but it's, it's too late. He's Mm. just beaten her to death and they throw the body down the hill and yeah, it lands in that place that it was found at the beginning. Mm. Absolutely fucked. But yeah, this scene is the recreation of the real murders. Right. And it's really exploitative mm. and gross. Yeah. It's interesting because when... Because you see that body, the mutilated body, at the very beginning of the film. Mm. I didn't realise it was a foreigner. So when like we kind of looped round to that murder, I was like, oh, that's what's happened. Because mm-hmm. even though we do jump forth back yeah. and forth between the timelines and you know you're witnessing like the the retelling of the things we previously saw that still kind of took me by surprise because right. i couldn't tell it, it was like a foreign person sure so that, sure. i thought that was quite a nice detail it is pretty well structured this film and no some it's ways. not <laughs> in, in some ways like it's... i think that is a well structured nice. piece and there's things that do work quite well the way mm. it cuts together and it is like reasonably even though there's dumb stuff in it, it is quite, like, coherent most of the time. Mm. Uh, except this last part of the film. <laughs> We've only got 15 minutes left of the film, mm. but it is fucking pure chaos. Mm. And probably the most of this amount of story is sh- shoved into this end bit. <laughs> so would you mind if I just did a speed round Please retelling of this? Because I think it's just too complicated to go yeah. into too much details. But basically, they've done this horrible murder... The gang has hidden in a remote place somewhere. And then it just gets really confusing and frantic. So they're in this remote uh, hiding place. Uh, One of the guys with the the orange hair at the front, he goes to talk to his uncle to deal with the situation. Don't know who his uncle is. And uh, he comes back and has a whole bunch of guns and machetes (laughs) and dumps them on the table. And at this point, I'm like, this is the second time I watched this film. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Mm. Wait, why have they got guns? And then they go to a betting hall mm. with these guns and machetes. And the guy that's running the betting hall is the mum fucker. Yeah. But he's like got all this but bad age makeup on, like old age makeup. Was that supposed to be the same character or was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So, but he says he's the stepdad I think or that's something. Because he fucked the mum. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think that was Jesus a gag. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> It's very confusing. He's great. He's come oh, rolling he's in. He's got so his like gross. vest top rolled up, so yeah, his yeah. belly's hanging out. And he's like, hey, you want a beer? <laughs> but yeah, the it's just so confusing because they're they're in this betting hole, and Kang and Harry, the the curly haired guy, have a conversation where they're like, "There's an informer. We should go." I'm like, "What? The <laughs> fuck? Like, I don't know what any. I don't know what that means." But anyway, the hideous mum fucker guy. You know, he runs over to Kang, refers to himself as the stepfather, which I guess is a a very dark joke. And then as he's, like, berating Kang, a machete falls out of Mm. uh, Harry's pocket, and it just sets off this robbery. Like, this absolute (laughs) mess of a robbery, where they're pulling their guns out, they're holding up this place, but it's fucking chaos. Like, someone else tries to pull out a a machete, Mm. and this gunfight breaks out where they're all shooting at each other, slashing at each other. A gun falls onto the ground. The mum fucker grabs it and just starts blasting randomly. <laughs> the mum fucker and grabs he, it. I don't know. How, I don't know what else to call him. And he's just shooting everywhere. One of the guys, long-haired guy of the gang, he's wounded. Mm, he gets shot, shot in the, the leg. leg. And then Kang lets the others escape. He's like, "Go on, off you go. <laughs> you escape." And then he goes back to where the mum fucker is and just machetes him to pieces mm. kills him to bits 
<laughs> and in the process, he, Kang's also been wounded, but I don't know how. We don't really see that happen, but he's been slashed or something mm-hmm. as well. So anyway, that happened. Don't know what that had to do with anything. Nothing. Just but, more um, action. More bang just, for your buck. Yeah, more bang for your buck. The gang is separated from Kang. They're in their hiding place. They're all angry at the hairy guy because he dropped the machete. And he's like, fuck you guys. I'm out of here. <laughs> and he goes and leaves. <laughs> all pissed off. And uh, yeah, Kang's wandering around the mm. streets with a wounded arm. Sees on the TV that they're all wanted. So he's freaking out. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Harry, who's pissed off gets arrested going back to the real story so harry would have been the, the kid s- the, the younger yeah, one the 16 yeah. 17 year that's old the implication yeah. right yeah so he's yeah being arrested and mm. he's become the informant mm. but it's kind of a mess right it's not really accurate to the the real story but yeah kind of playing on that sort of thing <sighs> so ken goes back to the hideout and he's like yeah, guys, we're wanted by the police. Mm. All right, cool. And they, let's all go to sleep. <laughs> so they all go they, to they, sleep. They say, like, where's Harry? And he's like, oh, we don't yeah, know. Yeah, he's gone. Maybe he's been arrested. In which case, yeah, he'll be after us yeah. soon. So, oh, well, let's get just hang around for a few more hours. <laughs> let's leave in the morning. It's like, no, get the fuck out now. But they don't because they're fucking idiots. Yeah. And they wait until, you know, sunrise. Cause yeah. you got to wait. you got to wait till the sun comes up. Yeah. And At which point we cut back to the very yes. beginning. So... Yeah, we get the first scene again with that big shootout, but we get a lot more details this time, <laughs> and it's very funny. Just in a, in a in a short version of it, yeah. until we get to the funny stuff. The long-haired guy, Shan, he is arrested after putting up a bit of a fight. The orange-haired guy, Chiang, he gets shot and killed. Hmm. Big muscle boy, uh, new. He lasts a bit longer, but he's shot, and I guess killed as well, although there's something I'll add to that later, which is a bit confusing. And then we get Kang's attempt at an escape, which is fucking <laughs> golden. Do you want to talk about this? It's oh so my good. God. I don't know if I can do it justice. Hang on. So I feel like this is like a real kind of free for all at this point. Cause they're all kind of running for their lives. Some of them are shooting. Some of them are hiding. Some of them are running. Some of them are dying, getting arrested. And then we get this ridiculous shot, this, this, this cut. And we just see this little, like, cute little chubby face of a baby. And he's just like, <laughs> And you see this little baby in a pram, and you just think, oh, this is not going to end well. Kang fucking runs up. Karate chops the dad. Karate chops him. Takes the mum by gunpoint. Mm. To which point the other cops kind of catch up. And he's like, no, don't move. I'm going to kill this bitch. Mm. But she's she's not of high enough value. Yeah, yeah. So he fucking throws her to the side and picks up the baby. <laughs> picks up the baby. Yeah. This chubby little cute Holding little the gun baby. To this baby. Holds the gun to its head. And it's just so, so stupid yeah. and ridiculous. And it, it goes to a level of ridiculousness that only Cat yeah, can pull off. Definitely. They said, oh, come, I'm going to shoot this baby. And the off- officer's like, no, the baby's innocent. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the hero cop, he comes from behind and fucking kicks Kang. I think maybe that's Paul. That could be Paul that oh, we hear about that before. Paul, yeah. the legendary Paul with all the information. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he fucking kicks Kang. <laughs> <laughs> the baby goes flying yeah. into the air and the, the female cop just like grabs it and does this like roll oh. and um, Kang gets arrested. Yeah. And then that's it. 
He gets arrested. He gets arrested. End. And end that of. is it. But we get we get a title screen at the end, though. This is what I found. Uh, look, maybe my math is incorrect on uh-huh. this. Kang's beaten up, arrested, whatever. And then right at the end, we just get a very blunt title screen that's like, yep, two of them were sentenced to death. Two of them were 16, so they got life imprisonment. But I'm like, wait, wait, wait. No, wait, what? What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? Two of them were sentenced to death, but most of them are dead. Mm. I guess that's Kang. And who else? The other two guys got shot. Two were 16. I guess that must be Shan, the long-haired guy, and the hairy guy. Mm. So I think they got the numbers. This They gave so, <laughs> such, so little of a shit by yeah. the end of this that they... Probably, I guess they accidentally put the real information of the real case at the end. <laughs> but that is the end of the film. Before we before we go into like talking oh, about, tell me you film, got another little tidbit. Oh, just it's not really a tidbit. No! It's just a very funny. You know when you buy a DVD of a Hong Kong film and it has a description of the film on the back. This yeah. is super funny. I found this one online, and I guess it comes from a DVD. It is. It's just really funny. Do you want to hear it? Oh, give it to me. Okay. A mutilated nude body is found by a couple of joggers and a rascal, Kang, is the chief suspect. Most of the film covers his life story in flashback and the events which supposedly backgrounded his motives. Young Kang wagged school with his friend Chi and got offside with both both of his parents. (laughs) With dad for wagging school and with mum for being instrumental in dad catching (laughs) catching her in bed with another. Both parents slap him while they fight. (laughs) <laughs> Mum leaves and dad sends Kang to a boarding school. Things improve a little when he reaches 16. He's reunited with Chi just back from the US. Wait, he's supposed to be 16? So yeah, maybe he was one of the uh, the what? the ones who got the life imprisonment. Uh, he invites Chi to stay and they... Oh, this is... Yeah. He invites Chi to stay and they walk in on an apparently ordinary scene in Kang's lodgings. An orgy where his four gangmates are playing... A playing blind man, a playing blind man's buff in the buff with two girls. <laughs> also, a previous scene shows the gang to have committed a gangbang, an attack on an innocent couple. Kang also meets a lovely and good girl, Kitty, and he woos her. One night on her birthday, Kitty, Kang, and Chi are drunk and going home when two Guilos attack. <laughs> they say guilos in, in English. <laughs> wow. Chi, Chi and Kitty both die, and Kang develops a hatred for guilos. But really, it all. <laughs> but really, it seems all of society is against him. Almost everyone slaps him. <laughs> the only ones who don't have just been killed. So when the gang decide to attack slash rape a guilo couple, what might Kang do? Wow. It's like it tells you the whole story. Fuck, you know. That's crazy. Uh, it's, it it's, it's quite great, the fact that they call them the Guaylos yeah. on the English description as well. Like, oh, the, the clearly like racist term for white people. It's like... Oh, super damn, funny. That's, that's a great blurb. Yeah. yeah, it really made me laugh. Well, it's In fun. the buff. So, we've talked about this film a lot, so maybe we should give a fairly quick Jesus. summary. But yeah, how, how did you get on with this one? How did you feel about this film? Ooh, ooh. You know what? As, like, a film, you know, we, we watched all these, like, really fucked up kind of scenes. But if we kind of compare it to rape 
scenes that we've seen in previous films or murder scenes that we've seen in previous films that we talked about, they don't really rank that high in comparison. Like, yeah, they're fucked up. Mm. But we don't ever see anything too gory, too exploitive mm. uh, visually. But thematically and knowing the background of this film really, really yeah, yeah. pushes it up there. It's so fucking exploitative, this film. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's quite a despicable film. I, f- I feel like the, the almost like the alternative motives of this film, why like... Yeah, like more than the actual content itself. That I feel like the whoever the the director. Yeah, he clearly had a bone to pick with the white guys living in Hong Kong at the time. I totally agree. I think it's like perhaps a film that's inspired more by the media media reaction Mm. to the case and trying to create like a false motive for these characters. Mm. Which I mean does technically I mean does narratively probably make it a better story, but it's mm. not you can't you can't base something this closely on reality mm. and do that. Like it's just yeah. it's just so fucked up. Yeah. But it's a, a fascinating piece of uh fucked up Cat Three film. Yeah. I, I also think like it it's a fast film and it just it's bonkers, like structurally it, I think as a whole, it works, even though there's parts that are ridiculous. Like, it mm. jumps forward in time, and it doesn't need to in points, and it's it introduces characters that forgets about them, mm. and all of that's a bit fucked. But it is quite watchable in the, the sort of way it's laid out. So I do enjoy it as a film, mm. as reprehensible mm. as I think it is. It was a great film. And as I said before, I really, really laughed my ass off yeah. <laughs> at the at the just ridiculousness of it all yeah yeah um it was a great great fun film but this is kind of going quite off topic and mm. kind of going back to the um the hatred for white people in asian countries because i mean i don't know about you but i've experienced it myself firsthand living in japan most of the time and kind of just brush it off and um, because in the grand scheme of things, the people who do feel those thoughts or feelings are in the minority. And the majority of the time, the people around me and the people living in Japan or in Hong Kong, I've been to Hong Kong as well, but they're all mostly very welcoming and hospitable towards you. But there are some people who do not feel that way. This isn't a uh, personal experience, but I, I went to, um, I stayed up in Kyoto last weekend and I just put on TV and I tuned into a... Um, I don't even know what... I didn't even catch the name of it. It was a telev- te- television drama. And the episode started off of, of this like on this crowded bus. And there was a black guy sitting on the bus, kind of legs spread, taking up too much room, listening to music on his headphones. And all the Japanese people were like, this fucking guy, you know, like sitting down when the grandma has to stand up. She hasn't got a seat. And the hero of this show, sorry, this is going really off topic, but the hero of this show was like, hey, you're in Japan now. You have to play play by Japan's rules. Stand up. Let Let the Japanese people sit down. And like, and she kind of like gave this whole like speech to this foreigner living in Japan. And the, the, the black guy who was playing this character kind of like sheepishly stood up and all the Japanese people like applauded. Oh. And I was just like, fucking hell. And I felt kind of like, not like attacked, but this kind of like weird underlining mm. hatred towards yeah. foreigners living in Japan as if that's like how 
lots of people do feel,、mm. but are kind of too too sheepish to say out loud, so they kind of put it into shows or films or something. Yeah, and that this film also had that weird underlining tension. Oh, definitely, yeah. But like on that stuff again, not to add to the、mm. to, <laughs> to this、uh, you know off-topic thing, but I feel like. Yeah, we, I think definitely anyone has experienced stuff like that、mm. in Japan for sure. But I always like to think of it as like this is it's kind of it's good to experience this because now you're experiencing a tiny little fucking drop、mm. of what people of other colors have to experience、oh, yeah. <laughs> every fucking day of their life in other countries、mm. as well. And this is a tiny fucking、mm. pinprick of that、yeah. that you get here. In a in a way that we don't have to worry about being killed or anything for、yeah. for you know what we look like, right? So probably a good experience in in some ways、oh, to,、yeah. to feel a little tiny little drop of that, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I do feel like this film does have a uncomfortable underlying oh yeah、uh, hatred in it for sure. <laughs> You've seen the director's other films, yeah, yeah.、It's、Is there anything like that in there? From memory, no, but. I could be wrong, but I think the white actress、mm. in this film, Suburb Murder, I feel like she shows up maybe in one of his other films.、Mm. So he has worked with her again, but I maybe maybe I can't say for sure, but I don't remember anything like this. Right, but those films are very grimy and gross, but in、yeah. a different way. I'm always quite curious when you see the、uh, the, the white actresses actors appear in these Cat Three films because、mm. uh, they, they appear in、uh, the Untold Story as well. You know, like the、um, what, what's the guy、um, the the chief、mm. Danny Lee. He's always got those like white prostitutes, right, right, with him.、Mm. And、uh, I was like, who who are these actors actresses? Are they just like people they found or、mm. people who kind of expats or Who were here temporarily and then went back to their country? Or yeah, I'm always、like、curious. They, they must be right.、Mm. Yeah, like I feel like whenever you watch a Japanese thing that has gaijin actors in、mm. it, they just look like fucking Akaiwa teachers. Oh yeah, hundred percent.、Right? <laughs> and I love all those stories.、Yeah. Have you? This is going really off topic. I'm not going over time. But <laughs> we're way over time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fuck it. I'll, 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 no, no, go on. Go on. You, you know the, um, the the YouTube channel Wang? No. Oh, he's he does all these. Like I don't know, like like tales of the internet, and but he、mm. he's a、um, a massive Resident Evil, the the video game series、mm. fan, and the first Resident Evil game that came out on the PlayStation that had a live action intro, and there were all these like white actors and actresses who were living in Japan who just applied for this job <laughs>、right. and got、yeah. sent to Capcom、yeah. to appear in this live action like zombie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Intro to this video game that became like one of the biggest video games <laughs>、yeah. of all time, and then they like did their contract and went back, and loads of them had no idea what they were actually doing. Sure,、yeah. and what they they were like, oh yeah, we just told to film this fucking thing, and then I got my paycheck and then I left, and then like thirty years later they found out like, oh fuck, I was in Resident Evil like when I did that working <laughs> holiday in Japan. You know? That's too funny. I'm always just interested in in how people.、Mm. Come to be in these weird, obscure、mm. films in these foreign countries. Well, we might be talking about that again in a few episodes.、Oh, yeah. So、stuff. we got to do the wrongometer. So how wrong this movie is, how fucked up it is, how much it shouldn't exist. Look, I'm gonna say I think this is one of the most repulsive films <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs>、right. 
and just the fact that it's based on the true story but manipulates the story in such a icky kind of way mm. i'm gonna actually go for a 10 on this one <laughs> yeah. dirty bastards how about yes, you yes yes you know what when i was watching it as as i briefly said before you got the rapes you got the murders but i feel like we've seen more fucked up rapes more fucked up murders That's in previous true. films we've studied so when i was watching it i we've was studied. like did I say study? I think I, that's what I heard, but I like that. You know we what? study them. We, we do. We study the rapes, Steve. <laughs> oh, no. And so when I was watching it, I was like, yeah, maybe like a six. Mm. Maybe a six. But after hearing everything that went down prior to this, yeah, the case that it's based on, not only that, the stuff that they made around it. Mm, mm. So the stuff that they made up that's to just the worst give- part a bit more juice to the case as if the case Mm. wasn't fucked up enough let's just throw in this huge like racist factor into it throw in loads more rapes loads more attacks and just try to make the 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 already really really fucked up case just that much more exploitive i'm gonna have to give it a nine nice nice pretty highly ranked it's fucked (laughs) (laughs) It's fucked. It's yeah. That but hearing all that backstory, yeah, I had no idea about mm. this film, the, the film or the case. Mm. So that that was a juicy little episode. Well done for all of that. Yeah, that's quite a long episode. That was. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So how about next episode? What are we doing next episode? We are going back to Japan. No, oh. I did Japan last time. Oh, I, did, okay. I did. I did Metal Days last time. So I'm gonna go to America. Oh, gonna do Hell. Roller! Oh, finally I have an excuse to watch this. Nice. So if you want to get ready for our next episode, watch yourself a bit of Hell Roller. And as always, please follow us on Twitter. We are at SMSW Podcast. You can also send us an email at showmesomethingwrong at gmail.com. And of course, please give us a review on your podcast apps and tell all your demented mates aunts and uncles aunts and uncles extended family members do a facebook post that's still a thing isn't it yeah if you still use do a myspace post (laughs) just get the word out please do it